Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Listen, don't uh, pop the champagne about the pause on the Ministry of Truth and Scary Poppins. Uh, don't. The left does this all the time. We turn our heads and then what happens? Behind the scenes, you have a new Ministry of Truth that works even harder to make sure they censor and attack conservatives and attack free speech and political speech. There's no time for celebration. I'm going to get to that. And I'm going to thoroughly eviscerate the left's position that they are the new political center. It's ridiculous to the point where you want to laugh about it. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall credit card bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Let's get right to it. I've got that. I've got, again, folks, facts. We do facts on this show. To the liberals who listen, I know it's not going to make a difference to you because you live in a fantasy world. You live in a Ricardo Montalban, the plane, the, I, the tattoo, fantasy island. He's like, what are you talking about? Joe knows. <laughs> I get it. I get it. But we are going to eviscerate their thesis that voter ID laws affect voter turnout in a way they say it is we're going to thoroughly and i know it's not going to matter after we eviscerate i know you're going to continue to lie all right today's show brought to you by our friends at my patriot supply the catastrophe it's our food supply chain is getting worse and worse by the day you've heard about it you've heard about food shortages but have you heard about fertilizer shortages that's going to make it even worse because you can't grow we have a food problem now what about the food in the future it's not going to be grown because of the fertilizer shortages expect to see empty shelves and sky high prices at your grocery store Soon, as in now, to get through it, go to preparewithdan.com and go today. You'll find a special offer from My Patriot Supply where you can save $150 on a three-month emergency food kit. My Patriot Supply is the nation's largest and most respected preparedness company. They have over 50,000 four-star and five-star reviews, plus their three-month food kits ship fast with free shipping. Don't put it off. Go today to preparewithdan.com and keep your family well-fed during the difficult times ahead. You won't go hungry when you have this food. Grab a three-month kit for every member of your family and ensure your food supply today. You'll kick yourself if you don't have this food when the shortages hit. Go today to preparewithdan.com. That's preparewithdan.com. Guy did it. I just did it again and bought another, uh, another kit. Preparewithdan.com. Preparewithdan.com. Get ready today. Ensure your food supply. All right, Joe. Let's go. Joe's like, it's a loaded show today. I said, yeah, he gets to see the elements in advance. Yes, folks, it is the left thrives on disinformation. Disinformation is the left's bailiwick. Um, It's not our thing. Dis and misinformation, in other words, lying, is the left's bailiwick. And the facts, see, here's the difference. I promise you, I will never waste your time on this show. I don't say anything I can't back up with solid facts and data that conclusively make my point. It's why we have the gathering. The truth judge has ruled. The left is full of... They're full of it. So we played this clip yesterday. I don't like playing clips two days in a row, but this one's certainly relevant. This was Sonny Hostin from The View, left-wing radical, claims to be some kind of legal expert or whatever. Um, here she is on The View, left-wing radical, saying how, you know, you Republicans, you're just crazy, man. I mean, you guys have just gone totally radical. Keep in mind, she has zero evidence at all that any of that's true. None. The Republican positions and conservative positions have not changed. But she claims somehow that the Democrats have moved more to the center. I want you to listen to this clip because I'm going to make a conclusive legal case for Sonny right here that she is totally full of it with an SH in front of it. Check this out. If you look at all the studies, the Republican Party has moved further to the right than Democrats have to the left. There's a Pew Research um, Center analysis that finds that on average, Democrats and Republicans are farther apart ideologically today than at any time in the past 50 years. And that ideological divide breaks down to the Republican Party being an extremist party. And the, the Democratic Party actually, as you just mentioned, Sarah, moving more to the center. So, folks, I believe in science and the process of science is creating a series of testable, testable hypotheses, correct? 
Drug A lowers blood pressure. That's a testable hypothesis. You distribute drug A, randomly controlled trials, you have a control group, and you see what happens. Did the blood pressure go down? Did it go down in a significant enough manner? Did it go down more than it went down in the control group to eliminate the placebo effect? I know the lefties, I know you're hearing this for the first time. You're like, what? That's called science. It's called the scientific method. It's an established way to test the hypothesis. So Sonny Hostin's ridiculous, absurd, laughable, almost comedy hour hypothesis that Republicans have become more extreme provides no evidence of that at all. And that Democrats have moved more to the center is testable, right? Now, to test it, you produce data. So here's data. Data would be Democrat Party positions in the past on something that she claims we've grown more extreme on. We have not abortion and that they've grown more to the center on. We've our position on abortion has never changed. We protect life from conception to natural death. Our position on life hasn't changed at all. So how could we possibly have moved? Yet, hat tip, I think this is LifeSite News who put this together. Here is a supercut here, short supercut, but nonetheless, of Bill Clinton, Pelosi, and other Democrats, Hillary Clinton and others, talking about abortion in the past. And I want you to note how they talk about it being safe, legal, and rare. Again, I don't support abortion at all. I want to be clear. But I think we could all agree that, at least based on a lot of Americans' beliefs, that that would be more of a centrist position, right? This is back in the day. Testable hypothesis. Check this out. Reduce the number of abortions in this country. I want to reduce them, and I, I think they should be rare. No funds could go to organizations that, in the course of family planning, advocate, promote, or perform abortions. I agree with him. With respect to partial birth abortion, uh, I am completely supportive of a ban on late-term abortions, partial birth or otherwise. We can support a woman's right to choose that makes abortion safe, legal, and rare. So that's from the RNC, uh, Republican National Committee. Excuse me. Thanks, Keith. Well, I saw it on LifeSite's new social media feed, but pretty clear, right? That's a testable hypothesis. So can we agree politically? I'm not talking about morally. Abortion is a stain on our society at any stage of life. I want to be clear on that. We're talking about the politics because that's what Sonny Hostin is arguing. That politically, Democrats have moved more to the center while Republicans have become more radical. I've already made the case in the Republican side. That's impossible. The Republican position hasn't changed at all. They haven't moved. Someone's moved up. So that's the Democrat position just decades ago. That abortion's probably a bad thing, and that th- probably because it, you know they'll wink and nod at you, the Democrats, and it should be safe, legal, but rare. Why would it be rare? Because they winked and nodded and implied it was a bad thing, so that religious, uh, you know, Christian and, and religious Democrats would vote for them. So there they were, a little more centered back then. So you would say if your position now is that it's more centered that it would be a more reasonable position, not a position that says, you know what, just minutes from actual birth, you can terminate a fully formed human being in the womb and kill them, right? That would be kind of a crazy position. Appears to be what it is now. Here's a hearing up on Capitol Hill yesterday, Representative Johnson from uh, a Republican from Louisiana asking a uh, pro-abortion supporter, hey man, um, you know, What's the difference between an infant that's like seconds from birth and an infant who is now fully outside of the vaginal canal and the uterus? What's the difference? Listen to the answer and you tell me if this is more center than safe, legal and rare. Check this out. So so abortion should be allowed then by your definition for any reason, for any purpose at any stage, right? I trust people to make decisions about their body. And then when relevant, I think that they need to consult their medical Practitioners, okay, and not. If, if it is, listen. Let me just ask you this question: If it is not lawful and morally acceptable to take the life of a ten-year-old child, I assume you agree with that, right? That would be wrong, correct? I believe that. Okay, that is and wrong. a two-year-old child, same thing. That would be murder. We would all agree that's wrong. Then, what is the principal distinction between the human being that is two years old, or nine months old, or one week old, or an hour old, than one that is eight inches further up the birth canal in the utero? What, what's the difference? Why is it okay in the latter case and not the former cases? 
I trust people to determine what to do with their own bodies. Wow. Full stop. So uh, again, folks, that the Democrats are more centrist now and we're the crazies is a testable hypothesis. So you're suggesting to me, Sonny Hostin, with a straight face, that suggesting a child can be killed seconds from being fully birthed, a fully formed child, is a more centrist position then abortion should be safe, legal, and rare. You, you're going to say that with a straight face? A couple of comments also on what that woman said there, the pro-abortion supporter. She says at the end, it's their body. The woman can, with their body. That, that, that just Keep in mind, we're talking about seconds from fully being birthed. What, what's coming out of the vaginal canal? Their body? There's a separate body involved. Folks, you can argue passionately in a constitutional republic for your position if you are a pro-abortion supporter. You can do that. And you have the constitutional right to do that. You also have the constitutional right to be wrong. And I'm sorry, but if your passion about the issue has overrided science and common sense to the point where you're screaming and yelling about control of my own body when there is obviously another body involved, the body of the child. And I'm sorry, you really need to reevaluate where you are right now. You need to take a hard recalculation of how you, what you consider life to be and not to be. By the way, she says, should be between a woman and a doctor. If a doctor told you to jump off a bridge, would you do it? Hey, it's good for your health. See that bridge? Take a leap. So a doctor tells you no medical reason whatsoever, none. Doctor says, yeah, you know what? We're just seconds from birth. I think we should uh, whack this kid. You go, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Again, can you please explain to me how that's a more centrist position? The left thrives on disinformation, folks, and lies. They lie about lying. They know we're lying. We know they know we're lying. They know we know they know we're lying, uh, that, that they're lying. And they continue to lie. They lie all the time. That's not my quote, by the way. Gosh, I always forget the woman who said that, but they're lying. We know they're lying. They know we know they're lying. It's a good one. It's, it perfectly describes the Democrat socialists right now. Here's another one. Tell me again, please, how this is a more mainstream centrist position. If you were to ask on a debate stage, Bill Clinton, when he was running against Ross Perot and George W. Bush, if you were to ask him at the time what a woman is, uh, uh, candidly, folks, he would have probably laughed at you. Also, candidly, if you would have asked Barack Obama running against John McCain what a woman was, he would probably look at you with a puzzled face. Not now. This is more centrist. They ask again, a pro-abortion uh, supporter here. What's a woman? Can't answer the question. This is more centered. Check this out. What do you say a woman is? I believe that everyone can identify for themselves. Okay. Um, do, do you believe then that men can become pregnant and have abortions? Yes. You're going to tell me with a straight face that's suggesting men can get pregnant and that you don't know what a woman is, is a mainstream centrist position? It's total disinformation. They've gone crazy. They've gone mad. Proving to you again how they pretend to be centrist to make you look more radical. It's the foil effect, right? Again, the diamond on the black background, right? Want to give it more luster, right? More shine. So you want to create a foil. So they want to create the appearance, the false illusion that the Democrats are more mainstream. So they want to paint you conservatives as radicals, even though nothing you've done has changed. Here's Jamie Raskin, an absolute buffoon from Congress. He's, I think, Maryland 8, the congressman in Maryland in, in the 8th Congressional District. Ah, a buffoon of the high. I, I wrecked this guy at a hearing on on. Uh, uh, police use of force incidents. He had no idea what he was talking about. He's a bumbling, insecure clown. 
Here's Jamie Raskin, who asks a pro-life advocate a question and, of course, invokes rape and incest. They always invoke the crisis pregnancy, even though it is a sliver, a small, infinitesimally small sliver of abortions in this country. They always go to the crisis pregnancy, again, to make it appear that you're the radical. But the pro-lifer here was ready. So Jamie Raskin, rape and incest. You want forced birth. Well, the child means forced birth. And I want you to pay very close attention how the pro-lifer answers. And watch how Jamie Raskin's totally caught off guard about the rape and incest exception. Check this out. Called is candidly and openly calling for a nationwide ban on all abortions with no exceptions for rape or incest. And if I've got that wrong, I would invite Ms. Foster to correct me. Do I have it wrong, yes or no? Um, if we added rape and incest exceptions, would you vote for it? Uh, okay, I reclaim my time, of course. Uh, boom! Boom is right. See how he pretends this is really just a centrist position. We really respect life, but crisis pregnancies, you know, you got to understand rape and incest, crisis pregnancies. So the woman responds, okay, well, if we were to make that exception, where would you vote? Uh, reclaiming my time, reclaiming my time. You understand it's nothing to do with them with rape or incest and crisis pregnancies, nothing. It has nothing to do with that. If you were to put that exception in, they would still vote against it. A ban on abortion. Do you understand that? She just put him on the spot and he wrecked himself again. But I thought he was a centrist. Maybe that would be a more politically palatable, not morally, but politically palatable position. But he can't even say that because this is about death to them. It has nothing to do with protecting women women's rights. Women in the womb have rights too. Tell me again how they're centrist so I can laugh in your face. Centrist. What a joke. Reclaiming my time. You didn't have to reclaim your time. The woman asked you a question. There was no need reclaiming my time. He said that because he was embarrassed. She asked you a question. No need. She reclaimed you for the reclamation, the reclamation of your time. You can just answer the question. All right. I got a lot more coming up. The la- I'm telling you, they thrive on disinformation and lies. We're the center party. Yeah, you're the center party. Sure. I just laid out the case that you're totally full of crap. Here, I, this segment has been a long time coming. I have again warned you repeatedly that the left's false, slanderous, libelous charges that the Republicans are trying to suppress voting in this country are just that, are absurd, ridiculous, and should be fought viciously and fervently at every turn because it implies we are the most disgusting of things you can be in this country, racist. And it is false. It is false. I'm telling you, looking you in the face, I, if I lose and our party loses, I've run in elections. They haven't worked out. I want it done fairly. I want everyone who wants to vote for me or against me to be able to do it. But I want those people to vote legally. That is a mainstream centrist position backed up by polling. Yet the left tells you when you fight for election integrity, easy to vote, hard to cheat, you're somehow a racist fighting for voter suppression. You know what's weird? They never, ever have the data to back that up. Matter of fact, the evidence says the opposite, but it doesn't matter. They thrive on disinformation and lies. I'll get to that coming up in a second. Let me get to my second sponsor, X-Chair. And then we got disinformation coming up about disinformation. Yes, it's going to be a loaded show. A lot of us spend more time in our office chair every day than in our cars or beds. It's true. That's why it's so important to invest in the right chair, to spend those hours with the right level of comfort and support to get the most productivity out of your day. That's why I have X-Chairs, mine right here. It's made my time at the desk not only more productive, but it's my favorite place to sit for any reason because it's comfortable, super comfortable. Not only does X-Chair's patented dynamic variable lumbar support or DVL offer the ultimate customized support, but my X-Chair can even give me a massage. It can heat me up or cool me down. This is a couple buttons right here. And now thanks to X-Chair's new FS360 armrests, I can even adjust my armrests to the perfect position. All these unique X-Chair features help the hours at my desk fly by in complete comfort. 
That's why I love my X chair, and you will too. Here's how you get it. Go to xchairbongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O dot com now. That's the letter xchairbongino dot com. Or call 1-844-4X-CHAIR for $100 off your order. X-CHAIR has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort. And you can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month. That's xchairbongino.com. xchairbongino.com. Go today. Check it out. Okay. So again, the left thrives on disinformation. It's the narrative running through today's show because it's true. We tell you the story, not a story. So remember when Georgia passed a voting law again, making it easy to vote, but hard to cheat, had some voter integrity measures built in there. Remember when they passed that? Oh, the remember the hubbub, Joe? We got to pull the all-star game out of Georgia. Yeah. Everybody yeah. boycott Georgia. Georgia's full of races, despite having one of the largest black populations in the country. Georgia is definitely full of races. He was the clowns at the New York Times. Read J. Epstein. Joe, read J. Epstein. Sounds very official. And Nick Corasanatini, this is a very official article. This is from April of 2020. What Georgia's voting law really does, they analyzed it and identified key provisions that will limit ballot access, Joe. Oh my gosh. Potentially confuse voters. Really? And give more power to Republican lawmakers. Wow. That law sounds really awful. Yeah. Confused people, limiting ballot. We, Joe, we and you should be out there picketing against this thing. What a disaster. So that's the New York Times. The old gray lady, old gray lady that, that had the opinion piece, we can replace them. Remember that one? Promoting their replacement theory, right? New York, yeah, that's an actual headline. So that sounds like a really terrible law. So, of course, we had Stacey Abrams out there hustling people again. Still thinks she's the governor of Georgia. Stacey Abrams was uh, running again. And Stacey Abrams was in front of Congress testifying about this awful law. Limiting ballot access, confusing people, empowering Republicans. My gosh, the expense of the benevolent Democrats. So Stacey Abrams was asked a question by John Cornyn. Hey, you know, is this thing uh, some kind of racist law here? Of course, Stacey Abrams falls right in the trap here. Check this out. Ms. Abrams, is the Georgia election law uh, that... Um Speaker Jones talked about, is it a racist piece of legislation? I think there are components of it that are indeed racist because they use racial animus as a means of targeting the behaviors of certain voters to eliminate their partici- or limit their participation in elections. So you, you believe that the Georgia legislature uh, made deliberate attempts to suppress minority, the minority vote? Yes. Race, definitely racist, man. I mean, it just said it, limit ballot access. Again, this is all based on the racist premise. There, No, no, I'm not kidding. There's an actual racist premise to fighting against voter integrity measures. The racist premise is black people are too stupid to get voter IDs, which, again, Joe, I'm going to ask you, you, may, I, I, you know, you may need to think about it. That sounds kind of racisty to me. Hey, what about you? Ah, oh, slam dunk. It certainly is. Slam man. dunk, baby. Yeah. Slam it dunk. Is. Slam dunk. <laughs> yeah. Guys, some kind of racist to you too? Yeah, we're, we're all, all right. in agreement here. That's right. Suggesting black people don't have the intelligence quotient to get an ID while white people do sounds pretty racist to me. Doesn't matter to Democrats because they love being racist. That's their thing. Here was Stacey Abrams again in a terrific exchange with Ted Cruz about that dastardly Georgia law, attacking minorities, limiting ballot access. She says, pretty simple question by Ted Cruz. If it's limiting ballot access and all that stuff, well, you know, how come kind of voter turnout's gone up? Can you explain that? Of course, Stacey has no answer. Never have an answer other than lies and disinformation. Check this out. So you also told the New York Times that your loss, quote, was fully attributable to voter suppression. Ms. Abrams, do you know in Georgia whether the percentage of of African-American Georgians who are registered to vote and who turned out to vote, is it higher or lower than the national average? It is higher than the national average because Georgia is one of the largest states with an African-American population. But that's not tied to the size of the population. The percentage of black Georgians who are registered to vote in 2018 is 64.7 percent. 
that compares to 60.2% as the national average. The percentage of Georgians who voted in 2018, the election you claim was stolen from you, was 56.3%. That's higher than the national average of 48%. Let me ask you this, Ms. Abrams. In 2018, do you know which demographic group in Georgia had the highest registration percentage and the highest turnout percentage? I have a guess, but I will defer to you for the answer. The answer is African-Americans had the highest registration and the highest turnout, despite your claiming that the election was stolen and there was somehow voter suppression. Why do you keep falling for these idiots? To the lefties, why, why, why is that? To the lefties who listen to my show, and I know you do, again, we get your death threats and stuff. Does that bother you that you're so freaking stupid all the time? <laughs> no, I'm not. It's, I'm, I'm re- Does it bother you that you say things so contrary to facts and data and common sense? So if Stacey Abrams, this hustler, right, she's hustling people, is making a claim, a testable hypothesis, I lost because minority voters were suppressed, then how is it that the largest demographic group percentage turnout was minority black voters and it surpassed the national average. Does it bother you that you're so freaking stupid all the time? Do you ever have any data ever to back up any of your ridiculous hustling claims? No, never's right. So, Let's see where voter turnout is now. Georgia's primary is coming right up, but early voting's already started. Now again, Stacey Abrams hustling everyone has told us, man, I lost that election because of voter suppression. No evidence. The evidence says the opposite. But early voting turnout is already early, early voting is already happening in Georgia right now. So let's look at a press release from last week from the Georgia Secretary of State. Note the date on it. May 11th, 2022. Maybe in this election, Joe, this is it. This is where the voter suppression really kicked in, man. I mean, this is it, right? Okay. Headline. Record early voting turnout Is Stacy an election denier? Yeah, uh, 100%. Oh, she is the, she is a, a thousand percent. And a, no, Doug Mastriano, right? Election denier. He never denied an election happened. Yeah, you're right. This is an actual election denier. Stacy Abrams. I mean, you have got to be kidding. I'm going to ask one last time before I move on. Does it ever bother you to be this apocalyptically stupid all the time? What is it like for your entire life to always be a lie? Everything. School choice, taxes, abortion, elections, voter ID. Nothing you ever tell anyone. This is why the left avoids this podcast, attacking it, the content. They'll attack me and my my character because that's what they do. Because they don't want you to go and look at it because there's nothing in the show They want you to see because we always bring the data. All right. um, Let me get to my my next sponsor. Now I want to get to something else, too. There's actual disinformation. That's what they thrive off about voting, about abortion and other issues. But they're actually promoting disinformation about disinformation. Now I'm really confused. No, I'll show you. Coming up next. (laughs) The evidence is again right there. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals and a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Okay. 
So the left got busted promoting disinformation about disinformation. As you know, they, uh, the left uh, through the Biden administration, it's the same thing, wanted a new ministry of truth. They appointed a truth minister, uh, Scary Poppins, otherwise known as Nina Jankowitz, who tendered her resignation the other day, thankfully. And the comical, hilarious thing about the new disinformation minister of truth is she couldn't tell the truth herself. Nina Jankowitz has promoted a number of false conspiracy theories about the Biden, about the Trump and uh, the Biden uh, laptop. So Nina Jankowitz has tendered her resignation. So Peter Ducey asked Corrine Jean-Pierre, the new White House press secretary, about this. Hey, listen, uh, you're, you're putting this thing on pause. The Ministry of Truth, folks, it's time to double down. Pause just means they're going to dump it below the scenes here. Get it out of the radar, right? Get it out of the radar and then push to have conservatives censored for disinformation without making a big scene about it. It is time to double down and demand hearings on this. Here's Corrine Jean-Pierre struggling to answer a question about, so you're saying disinformation? Stop the disinformation board? Check this out. You think the board was mischaracterized. Then the disinformation board is being shut down because of disinformation? Is that what's happening here? Look, I mean, the, the board was put forth for a purpose, right? To make sure that we really did a, a, uh, really did address what was happening across the country when it came to disinformation. And it's okay it's all, right now, but no, it's, it's just Clippers. going... It's, it's going to pause. There's been a mischaracterizations from outside, uh, outside forces, and so now what we're going to do is going to we're going to pause it and we're going to do an assessment. But the work does the work doesn't stop. We're still going to continue the work. The DHS is still going to continue the work. Okay. You notice that last part. This is not the time to crack the champagne bottle. Chest up, chin out. We're doing a great job on the Ministry of Truth. This country cannot continue as a republic with a truth ministry. It is, it's, forget Orwellian, it's Soviet, it's communist, which means death and destruction. Get away from this. The government has a process for truth. It's called the court system, where they have to swear before a judge that things they're alleging are true. A truth minister, a judge dread of truth is not my idea of a good time. Double down. What does that mean? It means call and email your congressman again and demand a hearing on this thing, whose idea it was, if there's any money going there, what the DHS is doing about disinformation now, and demand a thorough house cleaning. Now, the Biden administration is trying to pull a fast one on you. So they picked Michael Chertoff, former DHS head, who I... Uh, know pretty well, not personally, uh, but uh, during my time in my prior line of work, had some work with him. He is a swampy establishment guy. Michael Chertoff used to head the DHS and Homeland Security. They picked a former Republican appointee for a reason. That's to give kind of the uh, the uh, patina of, of authenticity to the disinfo board. Washington Free Beacon, Chuck Ross. Homeland Security pick to clean up disinfo board, push disinfo himself. Folks, the story just keeps getting better. Let me give you the behind the scenes. Michael Chertoff was a Republican appointee. He was the Department of Homeland Security Secretary in the Bush administration. I worked with him. Okay? He is as establishment a guy as you're ever going to get. They picked this guy for a reason. Look, it's bipartisan, this info board. We even got a Republican appointee to help clean up its mission. Its mission is to spy on you, and Chertoff should be ashamed for participating in this. But what's really funny about this is the free beacon notes is that Michael Chertoff himself has pushed disinformation, arguing after the 2020 election that human intelligence sources, Russian spies, likely obtained emails from Hunter Biden's computer. And Chertoff dismissed this preposterous the claim that the emails, the Hunter emails, were recovered after Biden abandoned his laptop at a computer repair shop. They just can't get away from disinformation specialists trying to analyze disinformation, can they? Michael Chertoff, real bipartisan pick there. Email, call your Congress people, your congressional representatives. Demand, demand that no money from the DHS, no money should be going to fund anything even remotely related to the Ministry of Truth, Nina Jankowitz, or personnel on that team. 
Okay, folks, the baby formula crisis is getting worse. It's gone nuclear. The Biden administration is an abject failure. They can't get anything right. I have never seen a group of people so committed to failure. Their success rate of failure is astounding. They have a 100% success rate of everything they touch, they destroy. The fuel industry, baby food, food, fuel, gas, inflation, the money supply, financial problems. At whatever they touch, they melt down Chernobyl style. These people are so uniquely unqualified to lead. I have never seen a series of human beings so grotesquely incompetent as the Biden administration. There was a fascinating article yesterday in the Wall Street Journal talking about well, not just the Biden administration, but government in general. And this is interesting. Just, if you'll allow me for a moment, please, please stay tuned to this piece of the show. Because sometimes we get lost in the micro and we lose the macro. The micro, I don't, I don't talk about the scope of the problem, the scope of the baby formula crisis. I obviously said it's a total catastrophe. I mean, if, if this gets worse, babies could starve. They can't eat a, a Whopper from Big Mac, okay? They have to eat the formula. That's what they eat. Folks, I want to get out and pull it into the macro for a minute. Why government, Republican and Democrat, will never be able to solve problems. This article talks about the baby formula crisis right here. It's fantastic. I didn't put it in the newsletter because it's pay, you know, subscriber paywall only. But if you have a subscription to the Wall Street Journal, this article is worth your time. It's by Philip Coles. It's titled Risk Management and the Baby Formula Shortage. This guy's a risk manager. And he says, you know, this infant formula shortage reminds him of an incident. He was at this fire safety training thing. And he says the trainer was showing people how to save a person's life engulfed by flames. Yet one of the participants there at this fire training seminar objected to using a fire extinguisher on a human being saying, aren't those chemicals dangerous? The instructor replied, you're on fire. You're on fire. He notes also, today, while there are shortages of a vital source of infant nutrition because of a voluntary recall, regulators won't permit imports of baby formula from Europe until the FDA deems it safe. As the fire safety instructor might have said, your baby's going hungry. You've got parents rationing food and watering down baby formula, which could cause long-term health complications for their babies. And the FDA can't get its head out of its own ass? Folks, there's a, I, I was fascinated by this yesterday, so much so that when I was doing the radio show, I said, Jim, I really want to read this to you because it so describes government. I wrote this down because I want to forget. This is why I battle so, so strongly every single day against surrendering your sphere of individual liberty to people who don't give a damn about your life. The reason government will always fail you and is failing in this baby formula crisis and will fail again is because hard decisions, they involve short-term pain and political risks for politicians. Congress runs every two years. Congress knew what they had to do, okay? They know. People were informed about this baby formula crisis, but they were told at a facility there could potentially be a problem, a baby formula facility. So because they were afraid of a baby getting sick from this facility and getting yelled at by their constituents, they decided it would be a better approach to shut it down. Turns out the facility later on was not connected to this bacteria. You see the problem here? You see where the incentive was? Gosh, Joe, are you picking up what I'm putting down? Yeah. If a baby dies yeah. and we didn't look like we did anything, we better shut, just shut it down, shut it down. That's the short term fix. It protects him from losing an election. Right. Story gets out there that a baby died. They'll blame us. Okay. That's the short term fix. Protects them in the short term. Of course, because they never anticipated that shutting down a facility that produces about, what, 40%, I think, of the baby food? They never anticipated a long-term problem. They figured, don't worry, we'll shut it down for now, protect ourselves against the short-term. Long-term, someone else's problem, right? This is the we're-on-fire scenario. They don't want to spray the chemicals because they don't want a negative story if a person died on fire about fire extinguisher contaminants getting in someone's lungs. Short term, it doesn't work for them. This is exactly what's happening with problems in this country right now. Put aside baby formula for a minute. 
Social Security, a subject I talk about often, and I get mass protestations from the audience, but I'm never going to lie to you. Social Security's nonpartisan actuaries, people who have looked at the numbers, have repeatedly put down in writing in their own names on paper that the program is going bankrupt. It is a mathematical fact. There is not enough money. Yet short term, if you were to actually do something and say, listen, folks, 55 and younger, we don't have the money. 55 and older, we'll take care of you. What happens? The left will respond and say, you're attacking Social Security. They think they'll lose their seats, so they do nothing. And they say, you know what? Longer term, even though we're on fire, I'm just going to let it burn because it's somebody else's problem. Government will never, ever, ever solve your problems because the incentive is always to stay in power on the short term. And they say, kick the can down the road, kick it down perpetually. They'll never solve your problems. And you putting your faith in a government, Democrats, and swampy Republicans that continue to lie to you, you will get burned every single time. All right, let me get to my last sponsor. But first, don't forget to tune into my Fox show Saturday night. I've got a stacked guest lineup, including the great one, Mark Levin. I'm really excited about that. Mark and I have been longtime friends. He's the best radio host out there. Uh, Love him. He'll be on my Fox show. Don't forget that. And I have a very important monologue on spying. Spying on you, not just by the government, by the private sector too, and how bad it's gotten, but the monologue includes government agencies spying on you, not just the FBI, CIA, things you think, CIA, and also you are going to be stunned after the monologue just how many people in the government are spying on you. It's one of our best. It's exclusive to the Fox show this weekend, Saturday night at nine. Set your DVR if you can't watch it live. Okay. Here's what I got coming up. Another reason you can't trust the government for areas other than mass consensus, a military court system, we get it. They want a domestic terrorism, uh, a domestic terrorism outfit. <laughs> really? How quickly before that was turned on you? Oh, it was already turned on you. And it's not even out there yet. Stay tuned for that. Folks, you cannot trust the government. I just told you. Their only motivation is to stay in power short term. Long term, they don't care if the place burns to the damn ground. Now, if this isn't a disturbing story, I don't know what is or how to describe the word disturbing anymore. Washington Post yesterday, the House, now in the wake of the Buffalo mass shooting, never let a crisis go to waste, has passed legislation aimed at curbing domestic terrorism. The House on Wednesday passed legislation that would create domestic terrorism offices across three federal agencies spurred by alarm over the rise of incidents of homegrown violent extremism in recent years. Violent extremism? You're talking about BLM? Antifa? What about the Summer of Rage participants this weekend at the pro-death, pro-abortion rally? What about them? No, no, no. That is not who's going to have the domestic terror label slapped on them. It's going to be you. How do I know that? Because the show does facts and data, and we can test our hypotheses and put evidence to back them up. Fox News, January of 2022. It is Thursday, May 19th, folks. Yeah, Thursday, we just had a double check there. So that was months ago. National School Board Association ripped apart after letter comparing parents to domestic terrorists. So what's going to happen going forward? The left desperately wants domestic terrorism offices and federal agencies because they want to be able to go and lobby their political friends to get their political opponents labeled as domestic terrorists, kind of like the National School Board Association did against parents. And the FBI and DOJ said, (laughs) okay. Why do they want to do that? Because once you're labeled a domestic terrorist under these new domestic terrorism squads out there, they have tools. They have tools, bank subpoenas, national security letters, where they can access your information and spy on you because information is valuable. Kind of like what I'm going to talk about in my monologue this weekend. Those tools might not be available without a domestic terrorism label slapped on you. You notice, by the way, how they never let a crisis go to waste and they use every leverage point they can to stick it right to you? Biden's Justice Department, Washington Post, pressed for strong response to Buffalo Massacre. Notice you're not going to see the same headline about the Waukesha Massacre. 
or the New York City massacre or the uh, Los, outside Los Angeles uh, attempted massacre that happened this weekend by an alleged Chinese communist. You're not going to see any of that. Why is that? Because again, you don't have the leftist lobbying power in Washington, D.C. to get domestic terror labels slapped on your enemies, nor would you want to do it. We're dealing with sick people, folks. I hope you understand that. Okay, they never tell the truth, by the way. The left, they thrive on disinformation. So moving on, they said something, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre said something so ridiculous. I thought you already played that. Then. No, no, it was even more ridiculous. Um, yesterday in the press room, that's even more ridiculous than her. Last. But, uh, you know, listen, on a very serious note, um, Karine Jean-Pierre has somehow managed in just a couple days to surpass Jen Psaki as the worst press secretary in United States history in record time. I mean, a mixture of incompetence and lying that makes Saki look like Ari Fleischer. I mean, absolutely awful, totally uninformed, unable to even put out a coherent idea. It is the incompetence is stunning. She's asked yesterday about the stock market and gives a hilariously stupid answer that no one, even the most radical leftist buffoon, believes and she doesn't even care here check this out the fed chair you know the federal reserve is independent we leave them to make their own policy decisions we do not get involved in that and nothing has changed on how we see the stock market uh we do not that's not something that we keep an eye on every day uh so i don't i'm not going to comment about that from here uh, folks i mean come on, come on really do we have to do this I'll, I'll, come on lefties for a minute again i know you're there i know it you know you're there do you really believe, you know, they say that line, heart of hearts, which I hate, in your brain of brains, do you really believe the White House has no idea what's going on in the stock market because it's, quote, not something we keep an eye on every day? Now, there's only two possible scenarios here, and only two, correct? Number one, she's telling the truth. In that case, this, is, this guy's even worse than we thought. He doesn't care what's happening in the stock market. An indicator, proxy indicator nonetheless, but an indicator of business health throughout the country. He doesn't care? Okay, that's good to know. Or option two. He's watching it every single day like he should, and he's just lying about it to pretend he doesn't care. Candidly, I don't know which one of those is worse. That he's too stupid to look or is looking and thinks you're stupid enough to believe he's not. I don't know which one is worse. Now, this is going to get worse, folks. The stock market situation right now, they're down a couple hundred points now. I'm assuming throughout the days you listen to this show and the radio show, it's likely going to get worse. Folks, we are in a bad way right now. We're in a bad way for a number of reasons. Interest rates are going to continue to rise. Interest rates are going to have to rise to dry up the money supply in the country. Now, here's the problem with that. As interest rates, the cost of money, right? You get a loan, loan is a cost. It's the interest rate. As interest rates continue to rise, other countries and emerging debt markets are going to find themselves in a real problem too. Well, why would we care about that? Because folks, this is a real issue. We have supply chains that are interconnected around the globe. If there's a crisis in Brazil, Thailand, Chile, Turkey, Indonesia, I use those countries deliberately. I'll explain in a minute. And they're providing key components of the products in this country, then the supply chain here is going to get even worse. We can't just gaff it off. Oh, that's other places. That's what idiots do, like the left. What does that have to do with interest rates here? Folks, as interest rates go up here, one, it's going to cost companies in the United States even more money to finance their debt. And interest rates are cost of money, which is going to make it harder to produce products you need in a shortage. Second, when interest, when money was cheap here in the United States and interest rates were low, it was hard to make money. So this phenomenon called chasing yield happens, seeking alpha, right? People chase yield, returns. And because you couldn't get it here because of low interest rates, people poured money into developing economies where the interest rates were higher. Well, why is that a problem? Tie the whole thing together now. Wall Street Journal. The next emerging market crisis, 
This is a classic recipe for a currency mismatch crisis in which borrowers have to pay greater amounts of depreciating local currency to service debt they took out in dollars. Follow me. People could not get yield in the United States. Interest rates were too low. They couldn't make money on their money. They poured it into other markets. People then borrowed because the foreign money, U.S. dollars, were cheap in U.S. dollars. What's the problem? Now their currencies are collapsing. So as their currencies are collapsing, they have to use more of it to pay back the same loan they took in dollars. Look, as of the first quarter this year, corporate dollar debt is a share of GDP. Hit 10% in Thailand, 20% in Turkey, 8% in Indonesia, 14% in Brazil, and 32.4% in Chile. Folks, if you took a loan in dollars in a foreign country and your currency locally is collapsing, you have to produce more of your money to pay back the same loan, which means your business goes bankrupt, which means you can't export stuff to the United States because you have no stuff to export. This is not going to get any better. Let's just go to the last video here, too. Here's a Democrat analyst on MSNBC, by the way, saying that, you know what, this is all great. And Democrats should actually run on Biden's fantastic economic record. And I say to this political talking head, the tyranny of talking heads, folks, yes, Democrats, please take this woman's advice and run on this fantastic Biden economy. Check this out. I also learned that, you know, to the point that Eugene just made, if you embrace the Biden agenda, it's going to get you far. Um, you know, there, there's a lot to run on here. The economy is doing well. I realize inflation is an issue the Biden administration is trying to address, but we have record job growth under this administration. Um, we have um, jobs that people actually want to be working in that are high wage and income earning jobs. Um, there's a lot to be proud of um, and there's a lot to talk about. And that's exactly what John Fetterman did. And he excelled in the uh, Democratic primary. Yes, you keep doing that. You keep running on that fantastic Biden agenda. I mean, Biden's not even running on his own agenda. He asked about the stock market. He said, quote, Kareem Jean-Pierre, not something we keep an eye on every day. You keep on running on that. Good job. Don't forget to submit questions for tomorrow's show. We take them on Friday. Go to my Locals account. Please download the app, Locals, L-O-C-A-L-S, common spelling. I am at Bongino on there. I do videos five, six days a week. They're exclusive there. It's kind of like my own reality show. I do them from the gym. Uh, usually sweating like a crazed animal. Uh, you can subscribe there. There's some subscriber-only content, some free content, locals.com. And I post a, uh, a post there on Thursday. It says, questions for tomorrow's podcast. So please submit those. Check it out. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Helps us move up the charts. I'll see you on the radio show a little bit later. You just heard Dan Bongino.